October 18th, 2021. You're listening to Oblast with Don and Kevin. I'm Kevin. And I'm Don. And we're back again to talk Here to we are. you. Um, one day we'll, we'll have an actual song that we could just sing in the beginning since I keep singing every time. Uh, but the silver spoons. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. That's already been taken. Right. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So, uh, I went and saw Sam the, the other day. That was, you know, it's nice to see Sam, but it seemed weird. Like I didn't, I didn't. I didn't ask him too much because everybody's drinking and those guys are all kind of unintelligible sometimes when they're drinking. And I'm just not right. quite sure like why he's even up here. I mean, if he's just up here to visit, that's cool. Whatever. He's just from West Virginia folks, which is right. not like, you know, what is it? Three or four hours for him or something. Something like that. It's not yeah. terrible, but, um, he's the main main, you know, he's there with his main. wife. I've never met his wife and she seemed really nice. And, um, you know, they're just there to watch the Browns game. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'll hang out. And it's like the first quarter and five minutes, like the Browns were down like by two touchdowns and a field goal or whatever. And I'm like, all right, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sitting here watching this. I mean, I haven't watched any of the games and I know we've done well on some of them and they were playing a good team, but I was just like, yeah, I, I this is just going to bum me out. So I'm going to leave. Um, but anyway, that was, um. That's basically all I've really done that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, they started working on my shed. I don't know if I mentioned oh, yeah. this before because, like, they had come. I'm get they did the pad. Yeah, they did the pad because I had a I had a shed a long time ago. It flooded constantly under feet of water, and so um, had it torn down. Had to wait a while. Had to work with the city. Got a cement pad put into a different place in my yard. And then I got, you know, this company coming and, and building me a shed. All oh, this is dumb expensive, by the way. It's just stupid. Right. Everything is. And they basically came out finally and they built like the frame of one wall. And then they're like, we'll be back. And then they didn't <laughs> come back. And then they told me that they're going to be gone all this week and that they'll um, probably come next week. I'm like, okay. I mean, it's going to start snowing eventually. I hope you guys get it done. They're nice right. people, so I don't pitch a bitch. And right now, the way the labor market is, it's hard to get anything done. So, I mean, what can you do? You know, it's right. not like you can just stop it and give it to somebody else or something and flip your wig just because it's not done on time. It's just like, just just do it right. You know, just if you if you take a snail's crawl, whatever, just I don't ever I don't want to deal with I don't want to close the door and have the wall fall down. You know what I mean? Right. Nails falling out, water leaking in, just as long as you build it right, I don't care. Just want it done before winter so I can put yeah. some shit in there. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know what I was thinking? You you um you live with, you know, your ex-wife and you guys had horses, you know? And I was right. watching a So this is a good topic for you. I was watching a um western and I'm watching <laughs> Charlton Heston. It was like a western with for whatever reason with Charlton Heston in it. And he's riding around on a horse. And I'm just looking at it. I'm just thinking in my head, you know, it's it's really weird that people ride horses, right? Like, right. like it's yeah. this animal that we're like, we're hopping on it, right? Right. <laughs> and then we're we're like steering its head around with like a rope and like a you know, the thing that it chews on or whatever in its mouth. And we're like, we yeah. want to go this way, you know, and it turns its head and stuff. And it's all like, ah, you know, and then you're kind of kicking it to get it to go. And I'm just watching yeah. it and I'm thinking, I, I'm like, this is it's really kind of bizarre. Like, you know what I mean? Like everybody's <laughs> seen it, you know, everybody's, I'm not saying like nobody, you know, it's not like, wow, I've never seen that before. Like I've, but it's like, it's the first time I've like really sat there and thought about just how fucking bizarre it is. Right. Like, we don't do that with any other real animals. I mean, camels or whatever, burrows or something, but you know what I mean? It's just like, when we're not, we're not really like, um, <laughs> they ride donkeys. <laughs> it's just, right. You know what I mean? The I mean animals, yeah. Animals, but, they'll try to ride it. it. But it's so, it's just, it's, people we have legs dolphins. ourselves, you know, like we people can swim in. It's like, oh, that animal's got more legs than me. I'm going to ride that animal. I don't know. It's fucking weird looking. Like, if you really think. Shamu's out there <laughs> jumping out of the water. Right. With people, like, holding yeah, on to it, like, yeah. jumping off of him and, like, hey, doing tricks. Yeah, I mean, it's just, 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good example, it. though. Like, you would train, like, I don't know, the killer whales, and then that would, like, carry you around instead of having a boat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like right. everybody would just have their own whale. Like you're going out yeah. to the harbor. Yeah. I'm getting on my whale. Got a yeah, saddle on it and shit. And you're just like, woo. Dolphins. <laughs> like Aquaman, you get some stingrays. You put some leashes on them. Yeah. You just start, get some skis. Riding them around. We went, we went out all the times. Like when I was married and stuff and we had the horses in the barn and stuff. I rode a horse once. Wow. Because. Number one, the horses she had were not rideable because they were never broken. So okay. it's like they were just, you know what I mean? It's like there's nobody getting out of these horses. Like, okay. <clears throat> and then the one day it was like, hey, we're, these people are riding horses and stuff. We're going to go down there and ride horses. I was like, okay, whose horses? They're like, they're horses. Like, okay, fine. And I got on the horse. I've ridden a horse before when I was a kid and stuff. You know, you sit there and you circle or whatever. But this one was like, she was like, all right, we're going on a path. We're going in the woods, <laughs> up and down hills. And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't trust it, first of all. Right. Because it's, it's bigger than me. Yep. And there's like 50 different ways that it can kill me in a second without me even knowing about it. <laughs> exactly. Because it's like, you could go drive a car down the street. You get a flat tire. Your car goes, and then you pull over to the side of the road. You know, you, you fix it. You know, right. you're fine. You got a horse, and this thing sees like a mouse or something, and it just, <laughs> just stick breaks. You know what I mean? Somebody hits like some leaves on the ground, and, and it jumps back and throws you, and you crack your skull. It open. took out Superman, right? Christopher Reeves? Yeah, exactly. Fucked you know? him up. This thing, I was on the back of this horse riding it, and I swear to God, it went towards this tree. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm trying to pull it right to get it away from the thing. It tried to rub itself up against the tree to get me off of it. <laughs> I like had to like lift my leg up and be like, what the hell is going on here? She's like, oh, he doesn't want you on him. And I'm like, well, then I don't want to be on him. Right. Like, you know, if, if this, this giant monster doesn't want me on it, I will oblige. Totally. They are, ugh. you know, like you. You, I don't know what it is. You don't real like in movies and stuff. Like if you've never been around a horse, like in movies and stuff, like the horse's head and it's always like eye level with the person petting it or whatever. Yeah. So it seems like it's a tame, happy thing, you know, and it, they are. I mean, I'm not saying they're crazy or nothing, but when you get around one, like their head's like a lot taller than yours. Like they're kind of looking yeah. down at you a lot, you know, yeah. and it's like you're like. Mm, that's a lot bigger than I thought it was, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. You just think, like, like, man, that thing could fuck me up. It's big. My ex's ex-husband, whatever, the, the guy before me, he uh, he's a big dude. It's like, he was uh, easily probably, like, 300 pounds, you know? Right, right. And he's a big dude, and he's a burly dude. He's, like, a biker and stuff, kind of, you know? He's just like, yeah, you know, badass fights and all that stuff. And I guess they were in, they were in the barn, and she's like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta give the horse this thing, but I, I have to hold the, I have to hold the horse's head down." And he goes, oh, "I'll take care of that." And he like wrapped his arm around the horse's neck and like pulled the horse's head down. He's like, "All right, there you go." She's like, "That's not gonna work." He's like, "Yeah, well, the horse picked its head up and lifted him off the ground." <laughs> yeah, like, I, I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he, he's just like, "What the?" Oh! <laughs> you know, like, ah, let me. He's like, hey, get me out of here. Yeah, you think you're going to out-muscle a horse. That guy wasn't bright. Horse. Stupid. Horses are just dumb. That's why it's called horsepower. Woo! You go, anyway. You go to the fair. You go to the fair, and they're like, she's like, let's go look at all the horses. And you go walking down the aisle of the fair with all the horses in their little stalls, and they're all facing butt side out. You know, yeah. the side that kills you most because they just kick just right. for the hell of it because some little Jimmy, little Jimmy decided to go ahead and poke it in the butt. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm minding my own business, just walking around. I hated it. Oh, my God. I was so paranoid walking. I'm just like, I don't want to go through there. I don't want to. I don't. She's like, stop being a baby. They're not going to kick you. And I'm like, that's exactly when you're going to get kicked is when you say you're not going to get kicked. Right. Right. Exactly. Yep. Thankfully, I never got kicked. Did you ever get kicked? No, I got stepped on. I got dragged. I got bit. Um, Fuck all that. Nope. I almost had one kill my kid. I was like, get out of here. It was like a movie. (laughs) The horse is free. Get out of here. She was like three. I was like, she doesn't understand me. She's going to (laughs) die. 
that's not good, but it's funny. It's, it retros. Right. No, I mean, afterwards it was funny. At that moment, I was like, holy shit, I'm going to kill my kid. <clears throat> so, uh, what yeah, are, no, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. No, that, that was it. I was just like, I was like, I was just going to say, I was going to finish it up by saying horses are dumb. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's, I, you know, if you enjoy them, it's whatever, but I, I don't know. It just seemed, I just watched it. I was like, that's a really weird, it's just a weird thing. Um, yeah, yeah, so, you know, I was sitting, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, eighth grade, okay? And um, it, I know it's a weird topic, but it's it's not much of a topic. But I kind of wanted to talk about it because, you know, like you and I. Um, I didn't know you were in eighth grade. You were, No, I know. I know. Oh. <laughs> I know that, man. <laughs> this is weird. Of course. I know. I'm not talking about you and I in eighth grade. That'd be weird. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's funny. Uh <laughs> no no but in ninth grade right even though like i had repeated ninth grade not not due to education so much as that's a long that's a whole nother fucking story that that comes later yeah (laughs) don and i were in ninth grade together and we were in the occupational work course right and we both had jobs right in ninth grade and i was thinking like you know i remember eighth grade right and i was I was sitting there thinking to myself, you know, eighth grade was a, was a weird year for me personally, because not, not that just, you know, it's every kid that's personally, I think middle school, which is what that was at that time is like the worst time of your life as a, at least as a teen boy or growing up, you know, as a very young uh, 13 years old or whatever, 12, 13, is that like you're you're just going through all those body changes. You know what I mean? You were a kid last year or whatever, you know, right, right. and then now you're on your way or you haven't hit it yet, but you're and that's bad too. Cause you're in this mix, right? You're still a little kid cause you haven't hit puberty, but that one dude who's an asshole that's in your class is like an adult man right now. You right. Know what I mean? He's all fucking like twice your size and shit and can crush you because you haven't, had, you know, had the response that he has and shit. So it, that's a terrible time. Then you get acne and body odor and you know what I mean? It's all awkward. Uh, Girls are there and you're into them, but you're not, you know what I mean? Like it's it, ugh, the whole thing like, hey, sucks. How you doing? They're like, you stink. <laughs> like, you're just trying I to figure shit out. out of nowhere. <laughs> right. Just oh. a minute ago, you, you were fine. And now, yeah, you run around a little bit and you reek. It, it, it was crazy. Yeah. It, no, it's, it's a terrible time, um, but that's not <laughs> – that's part of what I wanted to talk about, but that's that's not exactly yeah, – right. but in my life, it was weird because what happened was, you know, is that I live with the, my step family, right, uh, and not in eighth grade. Like, eighth grade was the first year where my dad had moved to Jamestown, and okay. I was living with my dad now um, uh, without my step family in Ohio, right? So, like, we moved okay. to Ohio in 1981, when they got married and um, I was in fourth grade at that point. And, um, you know, so uh, I went through, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, having this house that I lived in, you know, uh, a big house. It was a big colonial in, in the same city with, you know, five other kids uh, and um, well, six, if you include my brother. And, right. uh, you know, and, 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 a, and a stepmom and, and my dad and everything. And so, um, a transition now all of a sudden that, you know, it, it goes from like, you know, the family dinner around the table and everything to, you know, just coming home and eating a pot pie on the couch, watching TV. I liked it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I yeah, hated, yeah. I hated living with my step family. So, you know, it was, it was cool, but it was different. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was a different time for me and I wasn't working. Right. Like you, you couldn't, you, there was that one place you could work at Danny boys, right? Because (laughs) Danny boys was like this, it was like a produce market that you could go to. That was kind of like not a grocery store, but like you could buy your produce there and some miscellaneous stuff. I think they sold meat and stuff too, but it wasn't like you were going to go there and buy like milk or something. It was just, right. It was a farmer's market. Yeah. It was a farmer's market. And they, because of the laws, at least back then, it may still be that way now. I'm not sure. But back then, if you worked on a farm operation, you could hire kids as young as 14. And so, um, 
there were some kids like I think Roger Taylor, et cetera, um, had, uh, had, you know, worked at Danny Boys at that age or whatever. Maybe I'm maybe even earlier than 14. You know what I mean? But anyway, y- you could get a work permit and work earlier, maybe even 13 or something. Um, but if you wanted like when you got into ninth grade in Ohio, like if you wanted to work before you were 16, because 16 is like the legal age when you could just start working. They're just like, yep. Go in there and start working on the mill. You know what I mean? Press right, steel, right, kid. Right. No, I mean, I mean maybe for somebody. Some gloves, right? <laughs> take take this take this fucking blowtorch. You're gonna you're gonna learn to weld today. Um, no, but uh, you could get a work permit and start working at 15. Uh, and that's what you know Don did. I didn't have to do that because I was 16, I think, when I started ninth grade again. I- Anyway, I started, yeah, because I started at 14. I was 14 when I worked at Wendy's. Yeah, or um, I might be wrong and I did get a work permit. I can't even remember how we got those work permits. Like, I don't think we went to City Hall or anything, did we? I, no, you had to get it. You get them from the school. Yeah. And then you took them to work and then they signed them and then your parents signed them. You took it back to the school and then you stood there looking at them like, so what's going on? They're like, all right, you can go to work. Yeah, I don't remember. How that, I don't know. Because I got my job before OWA, you know, I got it in the summer. Oh well, yeah, that's true. You already had a job. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure how I didn't get a work permit, but I I can't imagine I was 16 in ninth grade because then I would have been like 20 when I graduated high school. So something's yeah. not right there. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. The, the, the laws were weird. So, but in eighth grade, I didn't I didn't have any money. So, and the reason I was thinking about this was because um, I was I was uh, thinking about the Commodore 64, right? And I remembered I had one in eighth grade. Like I acquired one, a you know, new one in eighth grade. And uh, I was sitting there trying to think about it. And I was just like, uh, where the, f- where did I get the money for that? Like, because I think right. that would have been about $300 back then. It was like 150 for the, the, the Commodore and another 150 for the disc drive. And, right. um, I, yeah. you know, and I know that I had it because like, I remember having the discs in class and I remember like taking it to California with me and everything and having it in California. At one point, my mom tried to make it look like burglars had broken into the house and like stole <laughs> the disk drive um, from me. And I bought it for a little while until I realized that she really wasn't that concerned that somebody had broken into the house. You know what I right. mean? And then I was kind of like, all right, I know she's hitting it somewhere and I'm going to find the fucking thing. Just her being dumb. Um yeah. It was some form of punishment. It was like her creative way of trying to keep me from using my computer or something, you know, like I was going to suddenly be like, well, there's no computer. I guess I'll start cleaning the house. You know I, mean? like, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go read a book. Right. Like none of that was going to happen. You know, it was ugh. so anyway, um, but in eighth grade, I, I had this and I was trying to think to myself, like, and I was thinking, you know, I didn't, I didn't work. Right. Like the, what I did was for any kind of money is my dad made me, my, my dad had no money, by the way. So my, my dad made me a deal. He was like, you wash the dishes all week and I'll give you $2 a week as a, like an allowance. If I did the dishes, that was it. That was two bucks. Right. But yeah. like, if you have no money and then you have $2, like that's, that's, you know, a significant difference, yeah. especially when, at that time, you could go to the National Movie Theater and see a movie yeah. for a dollar, and you know <laughs> you could do something else with that, play some video games, some with that other dollar. But it was there was a little bit of entertainment you could do because, like, I just I did not have the kind of family where I could just be like, Dad, can I borrow five dollars? No, no, it would he right. it would never happen. So anyway, I think maybe like. I got that money through some sort of an inheritance of some sort. Like someone died, like my grandfather died in Germany or something. I got the Camaro from Bailey from my grandmother dying in Germany. Right. From like my second car that I ever owned. Um, right. And that was like, you know, $1,300 I paid for it. I think I got a thousand dollars from my grandparents when that happened not not in eighth grade folks this was after high school um oh, yeah and the other the rest of the money i came up with myself because i was working but um yeah no but like in eighth grade i so anyway 
And I was thinking about it and I was like, well, I wasn't working. And then I was thinking about like, you know, like what was Don doing? Like, what were you doing in eighth grade? Like you weren't working either. Like what was your life like at that point? You know, like you couldn't go buy comic books. You didn't have any money. I mean, and I don't think your parents were like, here's $20, Don, go buy whatever you want. Like you kind of were in the same boat I was in a way. I mean, maybe once in a while you'd get a Christmas card or something with money in it or whatever. But tell me like what, if you remember, what was eighth yeah. grade like for you? Oh, it was horrible. No, um, <laughs> not the school thing we talked it was, about. It's more the financial thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I mean, I didn't, I never, I was never good with money. I was never good with my money. Um, I didn't, I never got an allowance. I, I, I like, <laughs> like every so often my dad would like hand me a dollar. <laughs> and I'd be like, what, what's this for? And he'd be like, you got to question it or you got to take it? And I'd just like, okay, thanks. And I would take it. Right, know? sure. And it, it's just, it was just weird. I was like, okay. And then and then sometimes I'd be like, hey, can I get an allowance? And they'd be like, sure. What are you going to do around the house? And I'd be like, well, <laughs> <Right>. nothing. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? What am I going to do around the house? I need money to go you know, to the store and buy a candy bar or something. And they were like, no. Um so it's like I, I would try to save money. Uh, I wasn't really that good at it. In eighth grade, really the only things I was buying would be uh, you, you, it would be comic books, right? And I would at that point, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I want to say that that's I, that's when I started going to Collector's Warehouse. Uh, cause like when I was 13 or, or 14 or something like that, or when I was turning 14, um, cause wait, so cause freshman year would be, I went in, go, I yeah, went 14, in 15, freshman, freshman year, year. 14 yep. mm-hmm. and then, okay. So then eighth grade, I would have been 13 coming out as 14. Got it. Yeah. So eighth grade was the year that would have been the exact year, I guess that I met, uh, Davey All right. collector's warehouse. Yeah. So. I, the only thing I, the only things I was doing was riding my bike around. Um, you don't need money for that. And I, and I would, I was comic books, you know, I yeah. wanted comic books. But and how would you, you buy it, comic it, books? But I, I mean, mean, just with the dollar your dad gave you once in a while. I mean, I know some books were that cheap, but you know, when like, I was, when I was, when I was 13, I started going to collector's warehouse. Right. And I would go there all the time. And, I was so in love with comic books and so in love with, cause I was just like, Oh my God, it's a comic book store. You know, it's like, they got all these comic books and games and posters and pictures and everything. Uh, I, I wrote a letter, uh, on a piece of paper, uh, basically saying, you know, hello, my name's Don Anderson. I am 13 years old. I'm about to be, I'm going to be 14 soon. Um, and, and, I know that I can't get a job or anything like that, but I'm willing to work for like a dollar an hour. I put something ridiculous. I was like, I'll, <laughs> right, I, I would work right. for like a something dollar an hour. Write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and I was like, and I'll do anything just to work here. I was like, I wanted to, I just wanted to work there because I just wanted to be around it. <clears throat> and I was such a little scaredy cat that I went on Sunday when they were closed and I slid it under the front door. You remember where, you, you remember where Collector's Warehouse used to be? We're up, uh, behind uh, up on Lorraine road by where, uh, you know, McDonald's. I mean, we used to go go there, right. It it was there, you know, for a short while in ninth grade and then it became Davies and he moved it. He, right. He moved Davies. Davies was around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. But collector's warehouse was up, up, up on that, up in that plaza on the very far end. Okay. The very far left. So it was like hidden away, you know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I kind of remember slid, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And I slid the note under the door, you know, I put my phone number on there. It's like, if you're, if you, you know, if you could use the help or if you need anything, you, you know, just here's my number, you can call me. And, uh, the next time I walked, I walked in there, I went in there like a couple of days later, not doing any. I was like, I just wanted to, I just came in to look at comic books and stuff. And I walked in there and, he, and Davey's behind the counter and he goes, Hey, you're the kid that put the note under the door, aren't you? And I just went, <laughs> Oh. And I'm like, Yeah. And he's like, Man, I'm sorry. He goes, I'd love to help you. He goes, I can't, he goes, I can't hire anybody. I don't, I don't, I don't have work for another person. He was like, it's just like a one man job here. And 
you know, I, and, I, and I'm doing, you know, he said, yeah. I could take care of it. And I, was, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, that's cool. I said, I figured I'd ask, you know, like, I love comic books and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I'll tell you what, though. You know where this bank is on the mall strip? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, take this envelope to the bank and give it to one of the tellers and tell them it's a deposit and come back with the receipt. And I was like, okay. And I got on my bike and I rode up to the mall and I went into the bank and I gave him the envelope. I got the receipt. I came back, I gave him the receipt. He goes, go ahead and pick four comic books off the shelf. <laughs> oh, nice. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. So every week, that's what I would do. That's how I got my comic books. Every week I would go there. I would run his money. I didn't know I was running money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his deposits from the store, you know? Right. And it's like, I would, I would end up running to the bank to deposit the money for him. So he didn't have to do it. But, and when I came back, he was like, yeah, just go ahead and help yourself. Take a couple comic books. Wow. So, and then, you know, and then, and then I come home and my brothers are like, where are all these comic books coming from? And I was like, yeah, man. I'm like, I got a hookup. <laughs> and that's, and that was really, that was really when I started reading all different kinds of stuff. That's right, when I started getting right. like Captain America's Thor's and X-Men's and, you know, X-Factors. And that was really I cool. Started, to do that. So, Hey, um, yeah, so yeah, did Bailey what... start going up there at that time too? Like how, how did you Bailey? Cause I know Bailey I'm... was involved in that collector's warehouse video or not yeah. video. Um, you know what I'm There was a video say. place next door. Well, I mean, he used to go up there and, and sit and, and on those bar stools and, and with you and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? So I was like, was it eighth, eighth grade? I'm, you guys were both up there or what? Well, or first he, of all, him a lot less I'll, than you. I'll, I'll get to that one. First of all, this, let me tell everybody. Yeah. This was the great, greatest three stores situated next to each other in the world because there was collector's <laughs> warehouse. Right. There was a uh, first run video. Yep. which had all the movie rentals and all the posters. And then there was a Domino's. So there was like, <laughs> you had, I was just like, I can get a, I could walk over there and get a soda. And they, and the guys at Domino's knew me. They were like, Oh, it's Donnie from Clutch's warehouse. Yeah. Give him whatever he wants. And they'd give me free drinks. <laughs> and it's like, sweet. You know, and I go into the video store and I'd be like, I have that poster. And they'd be like, yeah, sure. Here you go, Donnie. And it's like, sweet. But anyways, I met Bailey at the end of eighth grade, towards the end of eighth grade. All right. Um, because because I was getting so many comic books and, and up at Collector's Warehouse that my thing my thing to do was make photocopies of all the pictures I liked. If there was an awesome comic book cover, because I'd go to Clay Mueller's house. Right. What, he had a copier oh, in his house me. or something? He had a copier in his house. <laughs> his, really? His, wow, that's weird. Yeah, his, his, dad, his dad ran his own business. Huh. So... Dude, Clay Miller's house was awesome. They had a pinball machine. They had all this cool stuff. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> and we would go over there, and that's what we would do. I would, I'd go over there. I'd print out pictures, all the pictures I wanted, cool pictures, of battle scenes, and superheroes, and villains, and stuff. My locker was plastered with black and white copies of comic book pi pictures, huh. faces, and stuff. And remember how in the Trapper Keepers, you could cut the seal, you cut the plastic, and you can insert pictures? Yeah. Uh-huh into the cover you know and so i was doing that with comic book covers i had a big picture of wolverine slashing down and stuff like that and some dude walked up to me in the library was like oh you like comic books huh and i go yeah and he goes you know bill bailey and i was like no he goes that's him over there and he pointed and he goes, <laughs> you should talk you should talk to him he liked comic books too and he goes hey bailey and bailey's like what he goes this kid likes comic books he goes really and he came walking over wow and sat down how bizarre and that's how me and bailey you, yeah, you know what? You met Bailey because of a because of a trapper keeper, and you guys met me because of a basically a trapper, trapper keeper. keeper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, that it's, kind of, it's kind of strange. Yeah, that's <laughs> like South Park said, the trapper keeper, the, <laughs> the main main thing. But I had already been going to Collector's Warehouse, and I think he had known about it or was going because it was just like you know the comic book store, and he was like, yeah. And I remember going in there and Davey being like, "You hang out with that kid." And I was like, well, no, I just, I don't know him. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I just met him. Right. And he's like, yeah, he, he talks a lot. I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, you know how adults are with kids, you know? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's like, he's always up here asking for stuff, trying to get free stuff. Now, were you, blah, um, blah, blah, blah. were you taking guitar lessons? When did you start taking guitar lessons? Fuck. That's a good question. You were taking them in ninth I, the minute I met you. I mean, there was not that. Didn't, yeah, that because didn't, I was, that didn't start after I met you. When I met you, you were taking it, them. 
It would have to be like seventh. Yeah, it was like seventh, eighth grade. Uh, no, 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 no. Because I was in that stupid band in seventh grade. And I didn't start, and I was just doing. St- I didn't. I didn't know what I was even doing. I right. was just like plunk, plunk, plunk. Uh, so I, yeah, I would say probably eighth grade. So your grade, first guitar, your not the. I've seen your brother's guitars. Your first guitar. Where did right. where did you get this? Where did, did you buy it yourself? Sears. No Christmas. Uh-huh. I got it for Christmas. I asked my, I begged my mom and dad for a guitar, and they got me some cheapo Harmony. That's cool, though. From, I mean, uh, parents, at least you were, you oh, wanted yeah. to embrace music, and your parents got you something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a cool gift to get. Like, you know, I wasn't, like wasn't going to play, I wasn't going to play Ian's guitar. He played for one of them stupid old 50s Brian Setzer, <laughs> big hollow body guitars. Was just like, was, yeah, I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> I need something cool. Like, it looks like a V or a spaceship or something. But uh, yeah, it was like 1984. I got my first guitar, so I was only 11, and I didn't. But I didn't know how to play, so I didn't start taking lessons until three years, four years after that. So yeah, so like freshman year, eighth, probably the end of eighth grade, I started taking lessons. So yeah, so then you know Packard and and um, <laughs> uh, George, George, yeah, and Chris Gilbert in the beginning there. Um, yeah. how'd you guys like decide to, to, to partner up and be a band? Cause it's kind of an interesting thing. Like, I just want to say to the, the, the audience out there, cause everybody's probably been in high school and, and, and has seen this kind of thing. It, it's weird <laughs> because like, I'm, I'm not like, I hung out with the musicians like Don and these guys were talking about. Right. And, um, yeah. they were, you know, I was into the music, right. Not necessarily all the music you guys were playing, but you know, no, I like some of it, but, um, yeah, I was, you know, I, my brother was really into, into, you know, metal and music and all these guys were too. But what's interesting about high school is that, like, different groups of people <laughs> become bands together. You know what I mean? Like, there's right. like four right. dudes or three or four dudes, depending on, you know, somebody knows somebody that's not in the school or whatever. They form a band. You got glam guys over here. You know, you got more of progressive rock guys over there. There's lots of metal guys at this time, you know, different long-haired metal bands, but they're all doing different things. And and it's like you, Tom, George, the drummer doesn't matter right now because it changed. Yeah, right, right. But you, Tom, and George yeah. kind of decided, and for the most part, I realized George kind of was just going to do whatever Tom said. You know, Tom was like, I'm going to play guitar. Right. George, you play bass. And George was going to be like, all right, you know, because that's how that right. dude was. So it's really more like, how did you and Tom – decide to form a band because I, I, that I, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't know. No, because, because I was playing, I, cause I was playing with Gilbert and Roger Taylor. Okay. Was, Roger Taylor's playing bass, not, not Duran Duran's Roger Taylor. No. <laughs> out there. Yeah. The, the bass player from, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, the three of us would go over to Gilbert's house and we'd sit in his garage and we didn't know anything. I was, I was barely playing smoke on the water. Right. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I didn't have good enough equipment. I didn't have nothing. So I don't know. Somehow Packard and George were playing with two other dudes or with one other dude or something like that. So somehow it had, it was obviously freshman year. It must have. It would have been early. It would have had to have been early freshman year. You guys were. You guys no, were no, in no. a band when I met you guys. Eighth grade. Okay. It was eighth grade. Yeah. It was okay. It had to have been. It had to have been towards the end of eighth grade. Because I was like, I, I honestly don't even remember eighth grade, man. I through through all my years of school. I know that's why we're having this conversation because I, I can't were, remember eighth grade either. That's why. <laughs> that's why we're you, talking about. You were the only person. You're the only person I remember having a class with in high school because I didn't have classes with Rom or Oz or Packard or George or, you know what I mean? I never had any of them dudes in my classes. So it's like, that's why it always throws me off. Oh, that's how I met Packard, French class. Because him and I were in the same French class. And you said to him in French, do you want to be in the band? (laughs) (laughs) Oui, oui, we played music together, the Casbah. No, uh, so somehow is, you know, somehow we crossed paths that way and i was like and it was like 
he goes, well, me and George and George is a bass player. And I was like, well, me and Chris and Chris is a drummer. And he's like, well, you kind of looked at each other like, and I was like, I can sing and play guitar. And he's like, when I play guitar, I was like, oh, well, look at that. There's a band. I was like, okay, let's see what we can do. And the four of us just came together and we just started playing. You know, I bet like Tom was completely like mellow and cool about it. Probably laughed at some jokes and stuff, but I bet that he bet he was stoked. You know, what I mean? you know how that guy is yeah. about his music. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, even yeah. back then yeah. as a kid, like you wouldn't know talking to him, you know, you'd be like, yeah, we can do stuff, you know. And but I bet he went home yeah. and that's all he thought about, like for fucking, you know, days. It might even. It, oh, I got it. I, now I remember. All right, cool. I totally, I totally remember how it started. Okay, <laughs> Music City, yeah, Music City North. Remember Music City? That's where Don. That's where I took my. Like, oh no, it's not. That's not where you took lessons, right? Or was it? Yeah, no, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. Guitar World or Guitar Center. That was next to it. That's what I was thinking it was. That wasn't. Yeah, and that wasn't even around. Right. So that was. It was yeah, just Music City. Right. Strip. Yep. Yeah, I took guitar lessons there. Packer took guitar lessons there. George took bass lessons there. Chris took drum lessons there. <laughs> Me, Tom, and George. Wow. That, that this is fucking a, weird. Me, Tom, and George all had the same teacher, Rich, who I'm friends with on Facebook. No kidding. <laughs> and I still talk to him. I'm just like, dude, you were the greatest. Like, you're not metal or anything like that, but you're such a great guitar player. Blah, 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 you know, whatever. Um, he 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 was our teacher. The three of us and Jim, the guy who owned Music City, was like, hey, I think we're going to do like a recital type thing. And kind of get all the students to break off into groups or you know singularly or whatever. Everybody can do a song or a number, and and that's when that's when it was like, hey, you and Tom and George know each other. Why don't you guys all do a song? And that's how they, we all came to kind of came together. I think maybe that was after we got together. I, I, no, I think that's pretty much what brought us together. Was like, why don't you? Because Rich knew that I knew them guys. So he was like, why don't the three of you get together and do something? And I was like, well, our drummer, <laughs> we got a drummer right here taking lessons over here. We'll take him. So, but then we never, they never did the recital or anything. We were going to do guys, Detroit Rock City by Kiss. You guys were pretty dedicated to going to band practice every week, which was no small endeavor since nobody actually owned a car. You know what I mean? Like you guys mm-hmm. have to carry your equipment over there. You got to get a ride or whatever it is um right every right. week and stuff like i could just get on my bike and go you're not i don't know did you ride your bike carrying a guitar case did you do that or did you i once i never had a i never had a case i always had to carry the guitar um you just sling it on your back i once yeah. i rode i rode my bike with a with my guitar and with an amplifier right so i got the guitar strapped on i got it around my neck and i'm kind of trying to hold on to it so it doesn't fall just in case jesus and I've got an I've got an amplifier in my other hand, small one, you know, nothing major. Yeah, I'm not a mar- little amplifier in my hand. stack or something. Yeah, no. yeah, right, right. <laughs> and I rode my bike from my house to Roger Taylor's house. Dude, that's like that's like the whole city. Like you went from one yeah. side of the city to the other side of the city. Yeah, and then back home again at night. But I didn't take my stuff with me on the way home. I was like, I'm not taking. It. I'm leaving it here. Wow. I was like, I'll come back and pick it up with my mom. I go, this is dumb. I'm not riding my bike across yeah, the city. Again that is now. dumb. You would probably be tired. Just, I mean, we had a lot of energy as kids, but that's that's a distance. I mean, I used to go to right. your house and back to Jamestown, and that wasn't even as far as Taylor's was from, you know. Pushing like, a moped. Go all the way down to Clay. Yeah, it's bullshit. Fuck all that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this. I mean, we were pretty dedicated, and we were pretty good. I mean, we were doing covers. It wasn't, there, was, there was no originals. No, because you guys, guys were you guys were pretty decent. Yeah, I know. You guys should have been in a band and, and cut a demo tape and say, oh never mind. Um Yeah, right. Shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like eighth grade. Like then, uh, yep. Go ahead. Go on. No, no. <laughs> the famous the, there's a famous story about before that's what that's what it was, just before freshman year. Uh I had called Tom on the phone because Chris and I hadn't heard from him or George about coming to practice, about practicing. And you probably heard this one. And, uh, I called Tom on the phone and I was like, Hey, what's up? He's like, Hey, not much. Hey man, what's going on? You know? (laughs) And I'm like, you know, nothing. Hey, just wondering when we're, when we're going to get together and practice again, you know, school's going to be starting soon. And what do we want to do and how do we want to do this? And, it was one of those things where you could see him like pulling the phone away from his head 
and looking over at George, I guess George was sitting with him, and he goes, didn't you call them and tell them? And I could hear him. You know, I was like on the phone, and I hear him, I hear him going, didn't you, didn't you call them and tell them? And George is like, oh, no, no, I didn't. And he goes, oh, man, he's on the phone right now. And I'm like, dude, I can hear you. i like... I go, what's going on? I go, did you? I go, are we breaking up or something? Or is like, are we not? And he's like, well, we're gonna go jam with some. That's when they went to go jam with Burnett, and then that's when everything turned. That's and then it, he was like, we're gonna go jam with Burnett, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I turned around to Chris and was like, okay, Chris, well, I guess it's just you and me now. And there was like a little mini war. It was like a little Megadeth Metallica type thing. <laughs> where it was like, oh, you guys are going to go do it. Well, me and Chris are going to go do it. Remember, you were part of that. I mean, I because, remember being around. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't in the band or nothing, but yeah, I, I remember that's all that. Listen, people, Kevin Bear's not, and this is not an insult. He's not a musician. He's not someone right. you can, you no, can sit true. there and right. plunk away at a keyboard and you can, you know, you know music, you love music, and I know that. Right. I, I got you, you know, all kinds of music and stuff. So it's not, I'm not saying it in a bad way, but right. Kevin was the guy guy in high school who was like hmm so anderson you play guitar i was like yeah and he goes and you got gilbert who plays drums i said yeah and he goes well i got this other guy he plays bass and then i know this <laughs> other dude jimmy who plays guitar and why don't we, why don't we try to get you to work with them and I, that that was that was that period okay. so maybe that would yeah. help you out mm-hmm. that was freshman year where we were where we where we sat in my bedroom and you said okay let's make a demo to yeah, they to send to Jimmy, and we, I sat there recorded all those riffs for half an hour, and then we realized we had this, the, the the switch was flipped the wrong way on the recorder, and we had to do it all over again. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there was that that that's the fresh beginning of freshman year. That's when the whole thing started going crazy, where it was like me and Gilbert are going to do this, and those two are doing that, but they're doing that with Burnett, and they're doing with this, but then I, but then Gilbert ended up with them, and I was like, well, wait a minute. How the hell is he with them? I was like, I was part of this too. Why can't I be? And they were like, Well, we need a singer. And I was like, I'll sing. So I sang for them. And then, you know, I mean, it was probably good. Like, I think you were good at singing. Um, your guitar work. I don't know if you were as dedicated to it. I think you like to play guitar. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But and I think yeah. Burnett wasn't the right guy. Jimmy was probably the right guy. But Jimmy had no stage presence. He is a really great. He can really play a guitar. I mean, he was just really good yeah. at it. He just. He's too shy. Like, I don't, he just can't be on stage. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he can, he's, but he's like a session guitarist, really. I mean, he's, he's, you know, yeah. uh, no just, just, that's and how he, he was. He, he would sit during band practice. It was just like, dude, shouldn't you be like standing up? Because <laughs> like we're, we're practicing to play these songs live. And like when you're on stage, you're going to be standing up and you'd just be like, I feel more comfortable sitting down. You remember Jimmy was a little weirdo. Yeah. But like you said, he could play the hell out of the guitar. Right. Oh, you guys had a great I mean, sound. It just there was egos, and it was a weird time. Everybody thought they were in, you know, decline of Western civilization part two or something. And I don't know. It's just, Man, it's all my fault. It's a, no, it's not. Everybody was like, they were kicking you out of the band to go with Burnett. Burnett was wanted to be Ingve Malmsteen or something or whatever. And <laughs> you know, it was all just nonsense. Everybody was. Everybody thought they were going to be. To rock stars. I mean, not just in that group. I mean, just everybody that was, you know, in a band anywhere, you know, Snow White. Right. Those guys all thought they were going to be the next Cinderella. You know what I mean? Like it, it was all everybody. Like it was just a thing back then. Like you just thought you didn't realize that those bands were going to be playing rib burnoffs <laughs> later in yeah, life. Right, right, you, right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you thought that was, you could do what they were doing because it wasn't that hard what they were doing. Uh, you, nobody really saw that, yeah, the music industry can just turn on a dime like that. It's weird. Right. Um, no, I was, you know, those were good times. <clears throat> yeah, but, um, yeah, eighth grade, I don't know. I hung out with Don Cease a lot. I, Roger Taylor as well, because Don Cease was good friends with him. Um, I never really had too many problems with Roger, but he always had, like, these well, he did some things that were just, I don't know, weird. He's kind of a weird dude. And, um, yeah, but, yeah. but, but, uh, sometimes he just had these ideas, these plans, these ideas that he wanted to do certain things. And I was always kind of like telling Cease, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. That's, I don't know. It's just weird <laughs> to me. Like, I'm not, uh, you guys, yeah. whatever, but I'm not going to do that, you know? So there was always a little bit of tension, I think, you know, there because he wanted to hang out with me, I think, more than Roger and 
whatever. It didn't matter. I mean, you know, I spent a lot of time computers and all that kind of stuff, but, um, yeah, you know, that's just, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. And, and, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about it. Like, I don't know where I got that Commodore 64 from. It was a good thing I did. Changed my life. Um, <laughs> all right. So last topic I think we'll touch on with this thing. I know I sent you like five of them, and I had a couple more I was thinking yeah. about. But um, I want to talk about wills really quick. It's a complete left turn of what we just talked about. But I wanted to make – like, if you're out there and you're listening, I was thinking about this. And it's like, you know, in one day you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to get a will, and I'm going to put a will together. Or – you know, your parents are old and you might be like, you know, I wonder if my parents have a will, you know, or that kind of right. thing. And I, w- I will tell you that like my mom, when she was getting old, I think she imagined that uh, when she wrote her will, right, that it would be like in the movies. Everybody would assemble in a room, sit in chairs, <laughs> right? And the lawyer would would read from the will and, you know, bequeath what was onto each party and what they would get and people would cry and whatever, you know, but they don't, they don't do that. Like, you know, and a lot of times, even when they show that now they like in movies, because it's not done, they'll even say like, we normally don't do this sort of thing, but it was, you know, a stipulation that we do it kind of stuff because they don't like it. It's, you know what I mean? Like they don't do that. What they do is that, um, you know, they'll, you'll get a letter in the mail if you're going to get something, you know, or if you're not, if you're in the immediate family and, you know, you'll get a letter and basically it's going to say something like, you know, Donnie's going to get, you know, uh, 25% and Ian's going to get 25% and, uh, Bobby's going to get 25% and Al's going to get 25%. Let's just say, right. Who knows? But I'm just saying, and, um, And and they send you that, and and that's so you can, if you look at it and you're like, bullshit, Al's not getting 25%. Fuck that. We're getting lawyer up. We're going to dispute that we're going to court. You know what I mean? And you can can get a hearing, right? So you don't sign it, which is kind of like a waiver. You can get a hearing, and you can go to court and be like, and you can fight it out. You know, because some people do that, right? You know, sometimes that families aren't you know they're not feeling good about it and stuff like that so like in, like it's say in your case Donnie, right like your your mom has a car right so one day when in hopefully a long time in the future she passes on right that car you can't just be like i'm gonna take that car like you can't now you could talk to your three brothers and be like hey guys could could i have that car because like I needed to get around yeah. and they might be like, you know, they might say, okay, but like really it goes into probate. Right. And it depends on the will. If the will says Donnie gets the car, then you get the car and you can drive around the car. But if the will just says all of you get 25%, the lawyer is going to sell the car or the executor of the will is going to sell the car and split the money between the four of you. You can't have the car. Right. And a lot of people don't like a lot of people don't necessarily understand that but where it gets tricky okay is with my mom she wrote things out for all kinds of people all over the country she had moved around a lot in her life she left money or items to different people around the country and a lot of people in the neighborhood the neighbors some german ladies she met the red hats association the the Catholic Singles Club, right? Some guy named Martin out in California somewhere, okay? Right. Plus family, my brother's three daughters, myself, my brother, on and on, okay? Now, everybody gets a waiver because everybody gets a thing that says, all oh, this person's getting this and this person's getting that and this person's getting this. And everybody has to sign the waiver and mail it back. And if one person doesn't do it, there's going to be a hearing. And so then you get invited to court. So it becomes a burden to get all the people to sign the waiver and they have to do it more than once because there's different stages of what you're going through in probate. So 
this has to, if you've got anybody that's like, you know, think of my brother. My brother gets something in the, he's like, all right, whatever this is. I'm, you know what I mean? Like he just throws it on the side. Right. He said, it's, it's, it's probably a bill. I'm not paying it. You know, and you, right. you end up calling him on the phone and you're like, dude, you've got to mail that in, you know? And he's like, I don't know where it is. Right. It's gone. Jody took it. You know what I'm saying? And so you end up yeah. in, 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 but this can be anybody. You don't know the person in California. You know what I mean? You don't know the, the German woman. Like it, it's, it's, it's bananas. So, you know, you're, I worked with the lawyer and we had to rustle these things up. And so, um, what I'm, my best piece of advice to, to you out there for, if you'd ever decide to have a will, uh, you know, if you have special things, like my mom wanted this German woman to have all of her German books, right? Or she wanted $500 to go to the Red Hats and she wanted like $500 to go to the singles group or something. Don't put that in your will. Just ask your executor that you've, you've already hopefully talked to and be like, listen, I want you to give my books to, you know, Hilda over here. And give $500 to this group and $500 to that group, et cetera. That's, those are my wishes. Because otherwise, yeah. you're really fucking them by had, having all those things in your will. Now, here's, here's some other advice that's not related to that. But, but remember that. Like, just <laughs> remember that because uh, it, it can really screw it up. Now, the other thing is, is like, let's say Donnie in your situation, right? You know, you live with your mom, right? And let's say it's, right. it's her place, et cetera, that you're living in. She's, you know, she owns it or whatever. And, and she's paying, let's say she's paying the bills. Okay. Like she's paying the, the mortgage or she's paying it, whatever. So she has a bank account, right? Now, if, if she passes away, like instantaneously, the money is off limits that she has in her bank account. You cannot go and use the money in her bank account. If you do and it's found like somebody accessed her ATM card being you and it was after her date of death, you're going to have to pay it all back regardless of what you paid for it, you know, or you're going to get dragged into court and you can go down for theft. Like you cannot mm. spend any of her money on anything until probate decides right. what happens to that money. So that can be a problem because probate could go on for, you know, in my case, because of all the complexities, it went on for over a year. And now you got to make a mortgage or, you know, you got to pay some bills and you don't have access to that money, then it's a problem. And so what I suggest people do is, and this is a, this is tricky. You got to talk to your elder parent or grandparent or whatever you're doing, but, and I'm not, Donnie, this isn't advice to you. I'm not telling you to do this or anything. I'm just saying like people yeah, listening, right. just, just so you know, I'm not telling Donnie to do anything, but what you should try to do is have the bank account being jointly owned, be a signer on the account. Just tell them, look, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to touch it. You can hold on to the ATM card. I don't need the bank book whatever, but I want to be a signer on the account because what happens then is that if they pass away, all of that becomes yours so that you can then spend the money. So right. you don't have, and there's no legal thing with that. You don't have to file anything. You don't got to do anything. It's just automatic. That person's deceased. Donnie, you would have the money. You can now make the bills and the right. payments and that kind of thing. And that's the same, you know, yeah. that that's, that's just how that works. And that can be a big deal. Like at one point, my mom, she was going through, um, she was still alive and, you know, but she was going through cancer and she was becoming, um, she was struggling to think clearly. Okay. And I had to call, she had a lot of, you know, different bank accounts and I had to call capital one in order to, and what I was, all I was trying to do was move her money out of capital one, right? Like I'm the executor. I had, um, power of attorney. So I was able to act in her name as long as she was alive. Right. So like at the minute, if you have a power of attorney, it basically just means that I can sign and do everything for her legally, right. That she can't do for herself as long as she's alive. The minute she is deceased, I no longer have that power unless the court gives it to me. So, right. but I was at that time, right? 
but I didn't know like what her passwords and, you know, code words and shit that you use for bank. You know what I mean? Like on the phone, there's different things, you know, even today they might go like, what even with your cable company, they might be like, what's your secret code? You know what I mean? And you're like, uh, it's uh, yeah. 1790 or something. And then they're like, okay, you know, but so like I was, I was sitting there with the people on the phone and I would have to ask my mom, I'd be like, mom, they want to know what your, your code is. And they're like, well, you, you can't be like, you know, telling her what to do and stuff. Like they thought on the phone that I was like trying to like rip her off or something. Like I was trying to coach her out of her money. You know what I mean? Right. Because like right. she didn't really quite understand what was going on. And I'm trying to be like, mom, you got to tell them what this is in order to, to move this money out of there. And they're like, oh, what are you trying to do? You know what I mean? And I, I had to get on there and I was like, listen, I'm like, I'm the power of attorney. I, my mom is sick. She has cancer. You know, we've got to move this money out of this account. And they're like, well, we don't recognize power of attorney, sir. So your money is going to automatically, uh, be deposited into her like Wells Fargo account. I was like, like they said it in a way like, haha, you know, we got you. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, it is. Mm-hmm. I was like, awesome. Thanks. That's all I need. Do that. And, you know, and they were just like, oh, but, you know, because, yeah, it's a, it's the whole thing is like a, it's like a shit show. Now, if you get to a point where you have um, a 401k or you might have like some other, like a pension or whatever with your work, um, like you were in the union, Donnie, I don't know if you ever earned up a pension Mm -hmm. with the union or whatever. But a lot of times they have like a website or something that you can go to and you can determine who your beneficiaries are. And um, you could say, you know, I want to leave this, you know, money to my daughter, et cetera, you know, 100%. Or however you want to break it up, split it up, add people, however it is. That money happens regardless of the will. So if you've got money in your 401ks or your pensions or whatever, you know, that they will get that money on release, which is pretty quick. Like you can, you can reach out to those people and be like, Hey, got X amount of dollars. Um, you know, this person's passed on. What do I got to do? Et cetera. My problem was everything with my mom's death was ridiculously complicated. And, um, and I had to manage all of it. And even in this case, which is normally a very easy thing, uh, Wells Fargo, which was her bank, uh, didn't recognize Ohio. They're not in Ohio. They didn't recognize, uh, probate in Ohio or, or, um, death or what is it? Uh, death certificates from Ohio, et cetera. Like, so they, they wouldn't release anything. So I needed representation in their state that they were, that they were in, or I had to go there, which wasn't anywhere close to where we are. Right. And so I had to get a a lawyer by proxy. So my lawyer that was handling the probate had to work with another lawyer to work this through with Wells Fargo in order to get the release. Complicated. Like think about that kind of stuff when you're, eventually going to write something up or leave something behind. Now, some people might be thinking like, fuck all that. I'm not getting a will, whatever. Ha ha. You know what I mean? But yeah, that, what can, yeah, but that can come down to like, you know, again, it might be somebody that is older than you, that you might be concerned about their will. You might want to talk to them about that, but it also like, if it's your will, you know, you, you have to think too, like, um, uh, what, you, what you do have, like, you know, who is it really? You you might have a fantasy inside your head about who's going to get stuff, but you know if you don't write it down in a will, it might not go to the people you want. You know what I mean? Like Donnie, right. you might end up with whatever you have being sold off and given to Julie or something. You know what I mean? Like you right. wouldn't want that to happen, but you know you didn't specify it in the will. Things can happen. So you know the, the wills are somewhat helpful, even if you just write one yourself. Just write it out on a on a, on a document that can sometimes be legally, um, viable in court, you know, as your last will and Testament versus, you know, one that's just been put together by a lawyer anyway. So I just wanted to 
give some people some perspective on that, you know, um, hopefully nobody's going to die anytime soon listening to this podcast or whatever, but, um, it can just be like in my mom's situation, it was really complex because she made it overly burdensome. I mean, at what point she sat down with Brian and I, I mean, this was like closing days or whatever, when she was still somewhat lucid and she was like, She's like, I, I, she was like, I want, you know, you boys to, you know, to know that I want Kevin to have 2% more than you, Brian, um, <laughs> because he's doing a little bit more than, than what you're doing. And, and Brian was like, that's fine. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. As soon as she was done talking to us, I was like, none of that's going to happen, dude. It's already in the will. Like, I can't just go in there and take an extra 2% of, I mean, well, how much would that be yeah. anyway? It wasn't going to be much. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been stupid. Right. But, you know, she was just, she was right. just like, she, she was still thinking of like ridiculously complex ways to like screw the, this thing up. You know what I mean? Because yeah, she yeah. was, she was just thinking in her head, it was going to be like, you know, knives out or something. Like people are going to be sitting in a room and the lawyer was going to be like, and Kevin gets, Fifty-two percent of the money, right. and Brian gets forty-eight percent because Kevin did more. You know, no, none of that's gonna. You're making shit really complicated. Like, don't do that. Yeah. You know. Um, well, that's uh, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna say, kind of like it's funny that you brought this up because whatever it was about a year, two, two, three years ago, whatever, my mom got together with me and my brothers, and we all said it. Well, we didn't all sit down, but right. she was. She pretty much was like, she says, "Okay, look, this is what I'm doing." She put my name on the house here, and then she put my brother's name on the bank account, and then she's got my other brother on something, and my other brother on something. And it's, and that, it's pretty much just like what you were just saying, because she's like, in case something happens, uh, this way you guys don't have to. She because of what all right, the stuff she had to go right. through like, with my dad. Yeah, stuff. She was like, you know what? I don't want. I don't want you guys to have to deal with that. So this is what we're doing. She's like, you're. She goes, you're on the house. She goes, if something happens to me, you don't have to fight to get to it or get into it or do anything. You're. You're. Or your name's already on it. Right. Here's the bank account. His name's on it. He can dole out whatever he. You know what I mean? So, so for people out there, yes. This is the wave of the future. This is what people are doing. So. Yeah, and and if she if you are getting the house, you know, I would I would ask your Donnie if is there still a mortgage on the house or is it paid for? And if, you know, and no, um, there's yeah, it's all it's all. And, and then you still got to pay all. property taxes. So yeah, remember just, that you're doing in case and you're like woo rent free, and then you know all of a sudden you get a tax bill. You might be like what? Because um, that's what taxes. Happens. That's what happens to me every six months, and it's painful living where I live. Uh, anyway, yeah. this was just a, a, a way for me to just warn you, like I took care of it. Everything's fine. <laughs> I still am the executor for, I just finished doing the second daughter of my brothers, right? She turned 25 because my mom who had to make everything complicated made three trusts. Well, four, if you include Brian's three trusts for each daughter and each daughter got a certain amount of money when they turned 25 which was a weird number because, you know, you're kind of an adult at either 18 or 21. So most trusts are 18 or 21 when they're court monitored. And my mom wanted one at 25 and that's just not normal. And my lawyer had to find something that worked with that. And she, she managed to do that, which was cool. Um, But so much time has passed since this all happened. It's been, it's been almost 10 years. It was like 2013. She passed away. Um, yeah. that uh my lawyer's deceased uh and uh, <laughs> when when um i don't know if it was covid or what but she was pretty old and uh so when second daughter uh came up due i had to get a new lawyer so i had to go through some more hoops to get a new lawyer explain to him what's going on and i'm actually meeting that guy tomorrow at eight in the morning and uh at the <laughs> uh at the medina county courthouse uh, to um, sign off on some paperwork uh, that's being filed to the court because we just gave second daughter her her money that's monitored by the court. Um, and that leaves daughter number three, who is 19. So in six years, I got to do it again. And, um, and Brian gets 
the rest, Brian gets like a monthly payment and then he gets the rest of his money. He gets it in a lump sum in 2025. And, and folks, this isn't like millions of dollars or anything. It's just my mom, you know, made it dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she just yeah. made like, you know, the normal money, like the, what Donnie was just explaining, like you get the bank account, you get the, my mom made it really complicated and stupid. And, you know, yeah. at, at one point, like Larry was helping, you know, my mom and stuff and he didn't have a car and, you know, my mom had two cars and, uh, I had given Larry, um, my mom's one computer because my mom wanted Larry to have something. And Larry was like, well, I, I kind of could have used the car. And I was like, yeah, unfortunately that's in the will <laughs> and yeah, right. you, you, you can't have it. Cause it's, you know, like I can't give it to you. I don't have that power. And he's like, really? And I'm like, right. yeah, it's like, it's fucked up. It's like, it actually said who gets which car and, you know, and it all had to go through probate. It all had to go through like, you know, the whole rigmarole. It sucked. So, um, yeah. anyway, that's it for the show, folks. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks to all the Patreons for uh, supporting the show and everything we're doing. And I hope you guys have been enjoying it. We've got more episodes to come. Everything's going good. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You've been listening to Oblast with Don and Kevin. If you'd like to write into the show, send an email to oblast at vgn.us. That is VGN as in video game news. And be sure to check out our Patreon page, which is at patreon.com forward slash VGN, where you can get all of our shows, our videos, and some musings. Uh, be sure to tune in each week for new episodes on our Patreon page or every other week on the public RSS feed that you're subscribed to now. Thanks for listening, and good night. Peace.